So how did everybody do this week with, uh, with the rainstorm? All right? You guys okay? <laughs> Wet. It's sort of funny because when I was a kid growing up in New York State, uh, getting to school in the morning or getting to church on Sunday mornings uh, during the winters at, at least often involved like scraping snow and ice off of the windshield, turning the car on for like 10 minutes so that it could warm up before we left. Uh, and sometimes or often we would have to shovel out the end of the driveway because the snowplow would have gone by and built like a wall up at the end of our driveway so we couldn't get out. So that was, that was normal. And then after college, I moved to Seattle where my wife grew up, and obviously it rains a lot there. Uh, but I honestly didn't mind because I didn't have to shovel anything. And so it raining and doing things in the rain was my new normal. Uh, so then earlier this week, in the midst of all of, all of these rainstorms, we were at home, and, and I walked in the door, and, and our daughter said, I need you to take me somewhere. And I, I, I responded, sort of in a moment of feeling like perhaps I was not a Californian by saying, are you crazy? Like, do you not see that it's raining outside? Like, nobody is going anywhere. And in my mind, I was thinking, like, nobody in Southern California is going anywhere because it's raining outside. And so then to sort of confirm that I'm a Californian later that after, or the next day, I had avocado toast for breakfast, which, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm one of you guys now, right? So, um... I know that like, I've probably uh, brought a lot of shame upon my family in New York and my wife's family in, in Seattle by admitting this, but as long as humans have been around, we've been telling stories and we've been telling stories that set the stage uh, for whatever's going to go wrong or whatever is wrong by saying things like, it was a dark and stormy night, right? <laughs> like rainstorms are sort of the beginning of something ominous. And even in the Bible, the Bible begins with, it was a dark and stormy night, sort of. But we'll get to that next week. Most famously in the Bible, the story of Jonah is about a prophet whom God sends to his enemies in the end to show them mercy. Instead, Jonah gets in a ship, runs away from God, and from this scary land that is filled with who knows what kind of terrible monsters or what kind of terrible people might be there. So then in Jonah chapter 1 verse 4, it says that God hurled a great wind upon the sea and such a mighty storm arose that the ship threatened to break up or break apart. Meanwhile, Jonah is in the boat sleeping in the middle of a violent storm, as you do, until the other sailors woke him up in a panic, believing that they were all going to die. It was a dark and stormy night. So this brings us to Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. When evening had come, meaning it was dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took Jesus with them in the boat, together with other boats. And a huge storm came up so that the waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. And Jesus was in the back of the boat, head on a pillow, sleeping, as you do in the middle of a storm. 
They woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are drowning? Waking up, Jesus rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Be still, be silent. Then the wind ceased and there was a silent calm. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, sound familiar? Of course it does, because Mark wants us to notice that the God who is at work throughout human history is doing the same thing here with Jesus, trying to bridge and heal the gap between people who are divided. The story of Jonah is all about seeing the humanity in others and embracing God's love and mercy for everyone. So Jesus says, let's go to the other side. And the other side means what you think it means, at least in this conversation. It's the other team. It's our opponent or even our enemy. The other side of the sea for Jesus' disciples is a place outside of their own political, social, and religious comfort zone. Do we have any of those? Prior to this journey and to this story, on their own side of the sea, the disciples followed Jesus, who with love and compassion welcomed and healed people who were physically and mentally ill, people who were rejected and ignored, people who were simply hungry and thirsty. So for the disciples, perhaps it's easier to understand and embrace that Jesus, what Jesus was doing for their own people on their side of the sea. But as they crossed the sea to the other side, they might have been wondering, like Jonah, they probably were wondering, like Jonah, what kind of terrifying people or even monsters will we encounter on this side or on the other side? This last Sunday, our congregation, many of you uh, had lunch over with our friends at Beth Shear Shalom for our interfaith lunch that we have relatively often. Uh, and, um, and so this time, part of our discussion involved watching this film titled Purple, Uncovering the Humanity Beneath Our National Conflicts. So in this short film, they gathered a group of people together uh, from the most or one of the most politically purple counties in the country. I think it's in Wisconsin somewhere. Anyone from Wisconsin? All right. <laughs> so, uh, so in this politically diverse and divided community, this group, in this group, each person shared their perspective on a number of important political topics that tend to be controversial and divide us. Um, so... Uh, you understand, like, purple is blue and red, right? Okay, <laughs> good. So, um, you know, Democrats, Republicans. So it's, it's this conversation among people who are naturally divided. Um, so then after watching this, Rabbi Alex led us in this small group discussions meant to reveal and inform how we might interact with people in our lives who are politically on the other side. I mean, this is an election year. We've already been talking about it. I know it's like too soon, but it's, it's upon us. And we all 
are, have people in our lives who think differently than us, they think differently than we do. Um, and so, so we, we had a discussion, but as it turns out, um, this group of people having lunch together here in Santa Monica, we weren't particularly purple. <laughs> like we were very much one political color. So it didn't take long for us to notice in the film that our guy on the other side was a guy named Ted. Ted was our opposite person. And since Ted was on TV and he couldn't argue with us, and since Ted was on TV and he couldn't be offended by the comments we made about him, this meant that no one was particularly shy about about their authentic reaction to Ted, right? Like everybody sort of felt comfortable saying exactly what they thought. But remember, like the point of this whole thing is to try to to have a conversation or to try to understand the humanity beneath our differences and beneath our conflicts. So Rabbi Alex gave us very specific instructions in these conversations. He said, before you start talking about anything you want to talk about, I want you just to share what you heard Ted say, okay? So in conflicts of any kind, this is something that is called speaker-listener technique. This is, it feels sort of goofy at first, but if you've ever been in a relationship where there's a significant conflict, maybe with your spouse, uh, this is something that can be super helpful. Uh, So in a speaker-listener technique, one person shares their perspective Then before the other person shares their perspective, they first repeat what they heard to see if they heard correctly, right? Like sort of basic communication. So Alex says, we're not going to editorialize or share what we think yet about Ted. In other words, this is not the moment to share why Ted's wrong and why we're right. We're just repeating what we heard Ted say. Okay? Discuss. Okay, so Alex, everybody starts talking. Alex comes over to me and he says, they're all going to fail. There's no way they're going to do this. And sure enough, I mean, we started out okay, like repeating what we thought Ted had said, but, but we couldn't help ourselves. We needed to point out Ted's inconsistencies or what Ted got wrong, or what psychological problems Ted probably has in order for him to believe this particular way. Because it's not very easy to listen, is it? It's not very easy to listen and not immediately react, especially when these things are so important to us and our reactions are so visceral. So because of that, Because of all of this, it's hard for us to see anything beyond our differences. I mean, we've all been there. But the conversation was good. I mean, I think the conversation was actually great in a way because it was like practice. Like it revealed sort of areas of growth that we potentially needed. Perhaps next time we'll get a little bit farther along uh, on reflecting back what we heard when we're in a conversation like this with Maybe we'll get better at not reacting immediately or with trying to find what parts of our relationships or what parts of of our humanity connect us to one another even though we have differences. Maybe next time we'll just get a little bit further before we start getting into all the other conflicts. So without hesitation, Jonah reacted 
to what God said without really listening and immediately running away. He was seeking his peace and his rest as we see he fell asleep in the storm by widening the distance between himself and those people, between his side and their side. That was Jonah's response. So why then do we find Jesus playing the part of Jonah in the Gospel of Mark? It seems sort of strange, doesn't it? Why is Jesus asleep in the storm just like this notoriously bad prophet? Well, I mean, I guess in a way, the, the similarities in the stories highlight Jesus as the anti-Jonah, in, in a way. I mean, we, we get this in, in literature and in movies a lot, right, where the heroes and the villains have a lot in common, right? Harry Potter has a lot in common with Voldemort. Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty are both sort of sociopathic geniuses, and obviously Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker share a number of family traits with one another. So Jesus and Jonah both fall asleep in the boat, but Jesus finds his peace in moving toward those on the other side instead of creating a larger distance between the two. The similarities reveal the differences. Jesus calms the storm, they make it to the shore, and they step out into the unknown and whatever faces them in this strange land. So what kind of terrifying monsters do you think they'll encounter there? Well, as it turns out, what we get is a number of healing stories that look and sound a whole lot like the healing stories on the other side of the water, on their side of the sea. We get people coming to Jesus who are hurting. We get people coming to Jesus who are alone. We get people coming to Jesus who are hungry and thirsty. Two sides, many differences, but all sharing a common humanity. Now, obviously, there's still problems and, and challenges, so there's, there's no point in pretending that, that we're all the same and that both sides of any particular issue um, are equally valid. I mean, that's just not true, right? Like, that's not true. There's always going to be much more complicated situations. Sometimes we're wrong. Many times, <laughs> I'm going to say many times they're wrong, right? Because, anyway, uh, it's complicated, right? And so, um, there's no point in pretending that we just need to sit, sit together and get along. Like, politics is important, policies are important, the things that are happening around us, the conflicts that we do have, they're, they're important. But what we do see with Jesus on both sides of the sea, and even within the storm, is him responding with compassion and with mercy on both sides. Personally, obviously, this is a lot easier said than done. I'm not sure how easy this is, uh, especially in an election year like this, in the political climate that we live in. But as MLK reminds us, and as we've been talking about for a while, any vision of the kingdom of God on earth or any vision of God's beloved community here on earth 
must include those on the other side. It can't just include us. It has to include everyone. So whatever that looks like, whatever conflicts we may try to work through, what we do need is compassion and mercy. Let's pray. Jesus, we pray that in our divided lives and in our divided world, you would help uncover our humanity. And in the midst of whatever storms may come in this year, we pray for your compassion, we pray for your mercy, we pray for your peace and for your calm. Amen.